Hello, everybody, and welcome to Flickr Effect. Uh, I'm David Lotz. Joining me in this episode is Michelle Hillard. Unfortunately, Bobby and Yasha were not able to make it this week, but there was still plenty to talk about. Uh, We both finally saw John Wick 3. Uh, We discussed that HBO Game of Thrones documentary that they aired a week after the end of season eight, The Last Watch. Uh, we talk about that. And of course, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, was the big movie in theaters this past weekend. So we talk about that and much more. So we hope you enjoy it. This is Flicker Effect, episode 294. House Stark and I'm Hogwarts. Yes. I will say, if I had seen the Targaryen logo, I probably would have gotten it. Yeah, I would expect that you would have gotten that. I probably would have. Mm-hmm. They just didn't have that. They just didn't have it, and they, I, we both heard them say in conversation that what they had what on they their had shelf, had. and that was Saturday. I was like, "What are you guys doing tomorrow?" <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck are you selling tomorrow?" <laughs> You're like, not selling much tomorrow, are you? Same with that other vendor we saw that had the um the Pokemon balls. I bought Atticus one. Yes. On yeah. Friday. This was on Friday. On Friday, they had these Pokemon ball chargers. We're recording, by the way. Um, we had the, these Pokemon ball chargers and the, the typical look for a Pokemon ball, the red and white version. Mm-hmm. There's different Pokemon balls. Yeah, I've seen like the, red and yellow and green and white. There's the blue. I I feel they have names. I mean, like I play Pokemon Go and they have like the the blue with like the red little marks on top and the white on the bottom is a certain yeah, I type. Have anyway, no clue. um, they were they were sold out of the the typical red and white Pokemon ball on the first day on Friday. Well, huh. I say first day thir- for Thursday was first day of MegaCon. Well, yeah. but yeah, they sold out on Friday. I'm like, and then that other vendor with these cups that were drinking out of arctic wonderful yeah that was on saturday they're like yep what you see out here is what we got i'm like i know when i heard them say i was like oh you know there's still condomar right i was like it's did did no one come to make a prepared for the crowds it's 1 p.m on saturday kids maybe it was 2 30 at that point it was before we went and saw john barrowman yeah yeah and I was just thinking, oh, wow, it's only the afternoon, guys. You're open late tonight. Right. <laughs> like, um, good luck with that. I will say, though, the etching on this is nice. Yeah. Like, like that it. is that is well done. If we knew what the vendor's name was, we'd give him a shout out, but I don't remember I may have had my receipt texted to me. Hold on. <laughs> I want to be fair and shout out to the... I mean, since we're talking about them. Right. Hold up. Okay. Never mind. Yeah, never mind, because I will say it's not really popping up. It's my fine. It's fine. The other day. Anyways, I'm sorry. It's fine. So anyway, hi. Hi. How are you? Um, Pretty good. Um, I apologize for my voice. It is very low. You have like... You have like the. I'll try not to clear my throat a lot. You have like the after eleven p.m. radio guy voice on a Tuesday night, like hosting the jazz of, station. 
not even the jazz station. I think it was kind of the guys kind of like, I'm just got a cool low voice because hey. it's just a Tuesday, but you're awake and it's almost midnight and you must be working the third shift. So we're going to keep everything cool. Hmm. I don't mind. I don't mind my low voice. Other than I like it. It's got this kind of like rumble to it right now, which is a little like I need to get that to go away. Anyway, I've been sick all week. Hence the low voice. I like I like your low voice. You have you I mean you have your normal voice is really cool. Like on the radio, like it sounds good. You know, like it sounds like it. nice. And I think it's when you get like that. You said you like my voice when I'm sick, though. I did. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because mine gets deep. Mm. When well, there's two versions of my voice when I'm sick. One is it's non-existent. <laughs> Or two, when it still exists and it's deep. And you said that you like that. Oh, okay. I remember this conversation. It was a thing one time when I was sick. Cool. And you just went out. No, yeah. Like I said, I said cool. I was cool. <laughs> just get like, out. Don't lose yeah. your voice. I'll, Keep I'll, the low I'll try rumble. to get to this episode. Keep the low rumble. Anyway. So anyway. that's why I sound the way I sound. Cause I've been sick, but I feel better now. It's just, I don't have, These I are going to look voice. sweet the next time that we record a video. These cups. Yes. We should be recording video now. I was actually going to, I mean, as we talked about last time, we kind of like reset the room. Mm-hmm. We have a new mm-hmm. setup. Mm-hmm. We, I've been building a computer, Yeah. which I finished this week. It's sitting Super behind me. Sweet computer. Um, fancy to help lights. with the video editing. And I was hoping to actually record video for Flickr Effect, even this episode, maybe for the first time, but we didn't get a chance to do a, like a lighting test. So maybe next week. We had a busy afternoon. We had a busy weekend, a busy week, busy afternoon. Yeah. 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 So anyway. Anyways. Huh. Yeah. Seriously, though, if they had Targaryen, I would have gotten Targaryen. But I like my house Hogwarts. I like my, my Stark sigil. I do like my Hogwarts insignia. Anyway. Anyways. Um, it's just pretty. I'm just like, I'm just looking going, this is really pretty. I'm glad that we got these tumblers. They're very nice. I like our nerd tumblers. Good. They make me happy. <laughs> so, so, what have we watched? Oh, you know what I watched? I mean, you know what I watched. I mean, we've, we've watched lots of stuff. There's been a lot going on this week. This week was... The opening of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge out of Disneyland, which has been a thing, which is not shocking. I I, mean, I, I, react, I say that like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's been a thing. Of course right. it's a thing. Like, don't get me wrong. And it's going to open here in Orlando. What in that? The fall? Right? August. I think it's the weekend after we get back from Dragon Con. So the fall, basically. I mean, maybe not technically the fall. September but or something. After Labor Day. So that's the fall. Um <laughs> Technically, it's the fall, but in Orlando, Florida, it's still summer until right. like Halloween. Um, yeah, and then that'll be a thing. It's just been funny, like kind of following like people I follow on social media who were able to go to like the opening day for like press, and then the second, I think there were like one or two. There was at least two days of press. Two days of press, yeah. And seeing all that reaction and stuff, and. I'm watching people taking pictures in these areas and there's so much space and I'm like, it's, it's frustrating because this, everyone is so happy and everyone's so like, man, this is awesome. And Disney did such an amazing job and I'm sure they did. 
I'm not, I'm not doubting that. It's still just like, it's unfortunate that they just, they built this place that I feel like I'm not going to get to enjoy for a very, very long time because I'm not willing. And, and this is going to sound funny what I'm about to say, considering the things I've done. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say, but I'm not willing to go through the kind of crowd madness to, to experience galaxy's edge anytime soon, mainly because it won't be the kind of experience I want. It won't be the experience those people got on those first two media days. Those first two media days, I think are extremely deceiving to the general public. Like I'm watching Nathan Fillion lose his mind on Instagram and Twitter, by the way, like his brains were on the back wall. Like he was so excited to go to galaxy's edge and He's walking around and there's space between him and other people. Like everybody's very cool with taking turns and doing things. And I'm like, I'm super glad he got to have that experience. I'm glad that the press got to have that experience. However, the regular peoples of the the world are not going to have that experience when we go. It is going to be a crap show. And apparently it has been. It's insanely crowded. And like, I totally understand what you're saying. Like there's times I'm like, yep. I'm going to wait four hours in line before this thing starts or even the day before this thing starts that I'm going to. I will sleep in line to go to a thing. But this is something I'm not rushing out to as I didn't rush out when um, the Harry Potter section opened up at Universal as much as I loved it. And I was dying. I mean, dying, losing my mind, dying to go. I waited. I waited a very long time so that the first time I could go... I was able to walk through um, Hogsmeade and go into the school and I was able to ride the ride without waiting a million years and I was able to really enjoy everything I was seeing and I was taking my time and I was looking at every little thing and I was like this is amazing and I love this and I'm so glad I didn't come here when I was basically you know wedged in a sandwich between other people that I don't know (laughs) and I don't want to do that with Galaxy's Edge I want to take my time I want to go when this huge mass hysteria of excitement kind of starts to ebb a little bit and I want to go and I want to take my time and I want to look at all the things all the detail because from what I hear it's amazing but no, I don't want to. I don't want to be so crowded that I miss things and I feel rushed, and I don't want to lose the magic that is what it is. Yeah, just doesn't. It's not going to be fun doing it that way. So I don't like rubbing up against sweaty people that I am not related to and or good friends with. And I say that, and I guess I don't know what they'll do here in Orlando. I don't know if they've said, but it's my understanding out there is that like you basically have to have signed up for a time to go enjoy it. Like you get like a. I think a wristband or whatever. Wow. Like, yeah, you bet you have to reserve a time period of a certain day to go right now because they know it's going to be that crazy. But even then though, but apparently then, it's still very, people are complaining it's ridiculously crowded even when they take their ridic- timetables. And that's, in. that's insane that they did go out of their way to make people schedule times to go just enjoy an area. Kind of like what they would do normally for a ride with fast passes now. But um, right. but if they did that and yet it's still that insane, I'm like, well, why did you hand out so many per time? Like, what's the point at that point? Right. You know, like are people not leaving after a certain period of time and they're just lingering? So when the next group comes in, it's still like, oh, wow, this is still 
Right. Insane. I and don't know. I, I know Bobby had shared one article this week on our group chat. I didn't open it. Kind of showing pictures, I guess, of other parts of the park, how dead other parts of Disneyland yeah. are because everyone is at Galaxy's Edge. Well, yeah, it's the new thing, man. I mean, yeah. It's I basically, it. it means it's the time to go to the park and do other things. Well, If it, you're it, not that excited about Galaxy's Edge, just go there and... Right, and I will say as a whole, I hear that everybody says, they're like, man, going to Disneyland and going to Magic Kingdom at Disney World or going to Disney World... Two completely different experiences. People were like, we go to the Disneyland all the time and it's not insanely crowded. It's not like crazy. And like, I, I almost don't even know how to expect how to, I, I feel like if I, I've never been to Disneyland, I feel like I would be like, what's wrong? Like I would almost question what was happening because I've heard that it's not the same as like going to Disney world and going to the parks here where it's packed i mean yeah all i can say from my experience is i guess i don't know anymore because the last time i went to disneyland it's been a while and i mean when was that it was probably in the i don't know around 2007 2008 was the last time i was at disneyland god has it been that long 10 years jesus (laughs) um anyway no maybe i've been at some point since then i think i have but anyway it, it was at the time, I feel like the same as going to a park at Disney World in terms of crowds. Oh, really? But here at Disney World, crowds in like the last 10 years have gotten ridiculously they are bad. so insane Compared here. to when you and I were cast members working at Disney World, compared to now, it is a whole nother ball game. And I don't know if Disneyland has also done that or if it's still kind of the way it was back when I used to work at Dis- I worked briefly at Disneyland and... I don't know if it's the way it was back then or not. So, right. Or if it's also gotten as bad as Disney World has. It sounds like, based on what you're saying, it. I've heard people that have gone recently in the last like year or two, and they're like, it's really nice to walk around and not just be like bombarded by other people. And I'm like, wow, that, that sounds lovely. That sounds magic. That actually, that sounds That's magical. A, oh, look what you did there. That sounds magical. Because, yeah, Disney World is. When I compare to when I was a cast member back in 2000, I'm going to age myself now, it's 2002, 2005, 2006, the different time frames I've worked there, like there used to be a downtime. There used to be a off season, like when you would go and like, I used to love going to the studios in like the off season because it was dead and it was amazing. And I used to love it because it's like, you could just, oh, it was just so nice. Or even like... In the the quote unquote off season, which now there no are, longer there exists. really is no off season. There is no off season anymore. And I used to go to the Magic Kingdom like in the morning, and basically from the time the park opened until about like lunch ish, you basically own the Magic Kingdom, and it was amazing. I used to love that. It'd be so much. Fun. Yeah, those days are over. Those days are sadly so insanely over. It makes me so sad. One last thing about Galaxy's Edge that irritated me. Somebody oh. I follow on Instagram. Okay posted a a little video on their Instagram and it was them interacting with some of the first order stormtroopers and Mm, mm. so you're reacting because you saw it. I know Um, exactly what you're going to say. Yeah, it just irritated me that it was obvious that the stormtroopers, the people in costume are not actually talking. It's like he's playing like recordings, Mm -hmm. like pre-recorded bits of dialogue of saying stop person, like show your identification and you could tell like, he's kind of doing the typical like character 
bounce his head to the kind of dialogue. He's trying to mm-hmm. act like mm-hmm. what the person is saying. And, and it's just like, oh, really? Like the, the stormtroopers aren't actually speaking like, cause it's obvious. It's obvious that he's not. And it's just like, it's irritating because it's so easily well done. If you've ever been around a 501st trooper, right. Ever at a convention or anywhere, like it's really easy to do. Like, no, it's insanely. It's just it's a voice. There's a, a thing you can that get can, an app on your phone. Right, and it that just changes your voice. Will basically, change your voice that I think a lot of five of first use that will sound like you know you're in a stormtrooper, like that kind of intercom almost, not intercom, but right. you know. What and I mean. they could just build a script for them. They can basically say, look, on this page, there's about 27 things you can, 27 phrases you can say. And these are the phrases. Do not vary outside of these phrases. Right. Do not get creative with these phrases you say these phrases but you say them and use your voice thing and that's it and the story it's just like the way all the characters that speak at a disney park speak to you yeah, there's you have face a characters in the parks and they talk you have a dialogue like, that you follow it's just i don't know i was like really they're doing that like uh, like you really couldn't just let them talk i know i mean it's not Stupid. surprising knowing disney like that they just want complete control and they don't want maybe a stormtrooper saying the wrong thing. But like, as we just said, there are face characters that talk. What's the difference? I can have a full conversation with a face character. What's the difference between me having a somewhat maybe, you know, scripted dialogue with a character that is wearing a helmet and not to make too many comparisons, but if you go to universal, you can interact with, uh, what is it? Oh, like Megatron. Yeah, or, yeah. So you could talk to Transformers because there's actual people talking, and you could talk to Transformers and have a dialogue with a Transformer. Yeah, same so kind of thing. Explain to me why Disney just won't relinquish the leash a little bit. I don't know. It was just when I saw that video, height, I was just like bummed. I was like, oh, really? Yeah, it's bumming. Like that just sounds irritating. Because it's so obvious. Again, it's obvious. That it's like it's crazy obvious. Like, uh, anyway, I Mike, I agree with your complaint completely. So, but Michelle, what have you watched lately? Actually, I watched a movie that I've been wanting to see for a long time, and for whatever reasons, God and creation let, never let me see. Man, you were that excited about watching the Godzilla movie? Wow. I know, no, that's not true. You're leading our listeners down a very different pathway. <laughs> Um, no. So I finally saw Moneyball. Oh, yeah. You did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I finally saw Moneyball. That's not what I expected you to bring up. Cool. Really? No, go ahead, please. You saw Moneyball. I mean, it's, it's, our, it's by when our dude. When did Moneyball come out? Oh, uh, I'm just guessing. I have no idea now. You said it's by our dude? Well, what would you call him? On Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, he's our dude. He's our, he's our man. He's our homie. I thought so. We're, we're the West Wingy fans. We I like know. his stuff. Anyways, so I finally saw Moneyball. Um, I will say I really, really enjoyed that movie, actually, a lot. Good. I'm glad you liked it. And I think, one, first of all, it's his normal, you know, pacing of dialogue, which I love. And it's intelligent dialogue it's not dubbed down for people to 
I don't know. I just, I really, I was very happy with the film and I like the pacing of it. It's just, it almost went by so fast. I think the one thing that really made it really interesting to me is unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, the year that this is focusing on, 2002, when all these events happened with the Oakland A's and basically what the story is going on, I was living in my own little bubble working at Disney World (laughs) that year. So I'm watching this movie and I'm like, holy crap this was happening in baseball and i love baseball and i'm thinking this was happening with the oakland a's are you kidding me right now like i was like are you serious and i was just fascinated by the situation as a whole and how absolute very little i knew what the situation was because of the bubble i lived in that year that the events actually took place so watching the movie i was fascinated with the whole situation like i was just completely like this is amazing (laughs) and i'm watching it and i'm just going man i was under a rock that year and it was just it was just i i really liked it i'm very happy with that it's um no it's a very good movie and i'm glad i finally got to watch that movie anyways i just wanted to say yeah finally you know you have movies you never see just for whatever reasons and you just i'm like oh i finally got to watch it yeah, no, I, I'm the one that was like, hey, we're going to watch this. and Yeah, it's summer. Baseball. Because I've been kind of itching to watch it again, and I knew you hadn't watched it, so we watched it this week, and yeah, I love that movie. Um, Yeah, I'm glad you no, liked it. it's really good. I'm Jonah Hill's it. really good in it. Mm, I really like he's it. He's very good in it. Yeah. Those and just... it's a good Brad Pitt movie for me, because I, I say that because I know I've said on this podcast before, I'm kind of like... Brad, I think you're particular about Brad I'm Pitt. I'm particular about Brad Pitt. And There's this, no love or hate, just particular. No, I definitely don't dislike him. I like Brad Pitt overall, but this is definitely one of my this is better roles for me. You know what movie I've not seen that? And I mean, I've seen a lot. I've seen almost every Brad Pitt film. There's one I haven't seen, and this is going to shock you only because of who did this movie. And you're going to be like, "I'm sorry, say what?" Um, I've never seen Burn After Reading. I've never seen that. Oh, we should watch that. Yeah. Because I heard, one, his performance is really good, but two, it's a Coen Brothers film. Like, what's wrong with me? I love the Coen Brothers. Did you know who was originally supposed to direct Moneyball? No. Because I, and sadly, it's funny, we know who, that Aaron Sorkin wrote it, and we, and I say that, and he actually rewrote it. He wasn't the original writer of Moneyball. First of all, Moneyball's directed, or, you know, it's based on a book. You probably know that. Yes, I do know that. Yeah. There there was an original plan for a movie, I think, had been written by somebody else, and Steven Soderbergh was going to direct that. I could um, see that. I could see that. And yeah, you can't even the way the movie even looks in its present form. It it even you could see that it could I be could a sort of movie. I could totally see it. I could basically all it needed was a sharper angle here and a little more of different coloration there and it would totally be a Soderbergh film. Like easily. I could totally see that. And I don't know why, but it ended up not being a Soderbergh movie. It was ended up being directed by uh, Bennett Miller. Oh. And um, who huh. also directed uh, Foxcatcher, Capote. But um, yeah, and I guess Aaron Sorkin was brought on to rewrite the original script. So anyway. Gotcha. little background. Well, I liked it. I'm very happy with it. And in a weird way, it's got me kicked off. I kind of want to watch more baseball films right now. Oh, really? I love baseball. Oh, I love baseball too. And I like I'm baseball. happy that I I've like been watching. Movies. I've watched more baseball this season than I've watched in a while. And and I love baseball, but my problem is, as much as I love baseball, I, I pull away from it because I don't 
pull away from it on purpose. It just naturally happens because I don't live in a town with a baseball team. We I don't know. even have a minor league team in Orlando. I know. I will say it's really weird for me because I feel like most of my life, when I've when I've lived in the U.S., we have been by a major baseball team. So I've always gone to major baseball team games, like major league. Game. I've it's a thing, and I will say for the first time in my life, I've really i've I've never lived so far away from a team. Not that our nearest team is Tampa, but I don't like Tampa. I don't, don't like, like the Rays. The I don't like the team. Let okay. me rephrase it. I don't like the Rays. So I'm not going to go. I'm not going to drive for an hour and 20 minutes to go see a Rays game because I don't like the Rays. It's not even so much that. It's like. That stadium too is the best. The, the stadium's terrible. It's just, if it were in Tampa, it would but be one not. thing. It's not. It's in St. Pete. It's in St. Pete. It's even you know, worse. You drive for, further. For people who don't know, but it's like coming from Orlando it's like a drive to Tampa is one thing traffic and then because the first time I went to a Rays game and I'm saying this as someone who hasn't spent a lot of time in the Tampa Bay St. Pete area I don't know it all that well which is funny considering I grew up in Orlando and it's really and it's really not that far I think I've been to Tampa and St. Pete more than you have it is relatively down the street (laughs) it is it is it is it is basically like you grew up in LA and you go to San Diego it's like that San, right. San Diego, yeah. it's about as far, I think. Right. Um, and, but I remember the first time I went to a Rays game and I get to Tampa and it's like, okay, cool, we're in Tampa. But no, you still got to go over this bridge. Got to go over the bridge, deal with the traffic on the other side of the bridge. down the whatever island or whatever yeah, it is just no, in St. No, Pete no, to no, get to Tropicana no, Field. No, and then no, the stadium no, is no. just terrible. It's just yeah. not a baseball stadium. No. It's indoors, which makes sense. It's Florida. But, it's just terrible. Yeah. And the fucking cowbells. Like, I remember Ooh. I went to a Yankee. I went to a Yankees game because I'm a Yankees fan. And everyone had cowbells that night. And I thought it was like a thing that night. Like, they gave them out. <laughs> I was like, oh, tonight's cowbell night. And everyone's fucking banging cowbells. And I'm like, it's a fucking baseball game, people. What the fuck are we doing? And then I've, I've, I've watched Rays games on TV since. And I still hear them. It's just the cat is their thing. I'm like, oh people are terrible and then they're just bad i'm, I'm not gonna go i'm sorry i'm gonna stop well, anyway i don't want to so, go on a rant about no, race fans i will I, say we i don't, love tampa it's fine it's just the rays are not my thing in orlando Plus, we're in the in, same division as the yankees and i'm a yankees fan so right. there we go we're in a desert of major league baseball in orlando florida <laughs> so but i've kind of wanted to watch other baseball films baseball films that i've seen and that i love but also films you know i've never seen i've never seen the trouble with the curve i've never seen that I've heard mixed things on that film, which I think makes me curious to see that film. Um, plus, apparently, you know, it's just, I don't know. It, I don't know. It seems interesting to me. Hmm. But yeah, like, I really want to watch some baseball films that I haven't watched in forever. So, last episode, we, Bobby, talked about John Wick 3. And we oh, hadn't yeah. seen it yet. And then you still hadn't even seen John Wick 2. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we went on John Wick kick. We watched John Wick 2, which I had seen, but I, wa- I rewatched it with you. And literally 10 hours later, and then, I was watching then, John Wick the 3. The next day, we went and saw John Wick 3. <laughs> so first, well, what did you think of both of them? I mean, did you always originally like John Wick, the first film? I did. And what was funny is we watched John Wick 1 a week earlier. So John Wick, the first John Wick, was fresh in my mind. Right. 
which and I enjoy I I like John Wick I I think it's a fun film and I like it I mean you're definitely not watching this film for the acting let's be real I'm gonna be mean but if you're watching a Keanu Reeves movie you're not watching a movie for the acting really no but and I say um, that and I like I like Keanu Reeves I do too and there's been movies that he's acted okay he's been pretty okay in that I've seen that I liked anyways um no I. I, I really do enjoy the first one. I think it's a lot of fun. I think the action's really great in it. I'm watching the second one, and I'll be honest, I actually really like the second one. I Again, acting's not great. And I think, because I've heard some people, because I've asked them, and they're like, oh, I really wasn't that big of a fan of John Wick 2. And I was like, really? They're like, yeah, the story pacing just seemed kind of slow, especially once he went to, um, what is it, Spain? What was the other country you wound up in? I mean, we just watched I it, I know, too. we just watched it, too. So, so sad. Uh, oh, he was in Barcelona, wasn't he? I think. Anyway. Anyways, so, you Europe, know... We'll just say Europe. He's in Europe. Or, no, he went to Rome. Rome. That's it. He was in Rome. Right. Sorry. I was thinking kind of in the same... Anyways. So, he's in Rome, and I guess a lot of people think that whole section is kind of meh. Really? And I'm like, really? I've had discussions since this. I know I haven't talked to you about it because I keep pretty tired, but no, I've, I'm like, really? They're like, yeah, it just kind of got really kind of slow and kind of boring. And I'm like, I thought that was one of the most entertaining portions of it, quite honestly. Like, yeah. I like when he gets there and he's like shopping, like and he's getting all his cool stuff and there's really not a lot of dialogue happening there. And I really liked that. I was like, he's like suiting up. He's getting ready to go on this mission. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And it was, it was a super cool. I just, I really liked it. I think, yeah, I, I really, I really had a lot of fun with the second one, and I liked it a lot. I it was it was impressive. So three. So John Wick three. I did not love as much as the first two, <laughs> um, and I say that, and I still had some good. There, I still had a fun time. It. And remember, no spoilers. Right. <laughs> I get, I, I'm, I'm bringing I that, that up because I have a feeling. Like, remember. No I know. I'm holding back here. I I really liked it in that it was really fun. There's a ridiculous amount of action in it, almost to a fault. Like, to a point, it's like, oh, my God. This is the longest fight sequence ever. And then it would end. And then a new fight sequence would begin with another person. And then that would be the longest fight sequence ever. And then it would end. And then another one would start. And that would be the long- I was like, oh my God, this is... I just need these. I just need this to come to a conclusion soon. Like, they were getting too long. Like, with specific people. Like, it was just taking too long sometimes. Having said that, though, the settings for everything were beautiful. The way it was shot was so well done. Very similar to the second one, where the second one is in um, the art gallery, the art museum. And they're going through, and there's all the mirrors. And I'm sitting watching it and going, how the hell did they shoot this scene without getting camera in in the mirror as a reflection? Like, there's so many mirrors. And then in this one, and I'm not... I think I'm gonna spoil a lot here when I say this. There's a lot of glass, so it's very similar to the mirror. There reflection. is an action scene that was like it was almost a little too reminiscent of it's very. That was my other problem with two. it. It was very reminiscent of that scene from Chapter Two, and that kind of bothered me. And then that scene also was just so effing long. Oh my god! 
still the fighting done so insanely well but it just went on for so long and it was just like but i will say as a whole i did like john wick 3 surprisingly and i was kind of with you was really trepidatious about it i really did enjoy the sequence portion of the film with halle berry i thought was really enjoyable I think my issues came at the end of the movie, quite honestly. I think it was, my issues were, yeah, basically the the fighting towards the end of the film just seemed to take forever, and it wasn't for a lot of additional effect. It was a lot of like, this is going on for a long time for really no major reason. Like, there's not, certain fights were just taking, it, they were just going on so long, I was just like, oh my god just i'm i'm getting bored i'm actually getting bored as beautifully choreographed as these are i'm starting to get bored and then honestly the way it ends i was kind of like wow we're just okay that's what's happening all right uh i don't know how i feel about that i I was mixed on it then i'll be honest i'm still kind of mixed on it now um i feel like it's basically the best way i could say it i guess is um the first two acts I liked, I didn't like the third act. Of chapter three. Of chapter three, John Wick chapter three. Right. So, and that's where I'm at with that film. Um, yeah, I really like chapter three. Oh, really? Yeah, I like, I mean, it's chapter one, or John Wick, the first film, is still, I would say, my favorite. Y- yes. Um, but, but I think chapter three is better than chapter two. Really? Yeah, okay. I do. And I'm going to say that, and I I don't necessarily... I understand where you're coming from with the third act, but I enjoyed it. Where, I, where I'm going to say I understand is if, if there is one kind of problem, I think, with this movie, and especially how much action is in that third act, is that the best action scene in this movie is in the first act. Yes. Like it's, it's very early in the movie. The knife fight? And, Yes, there's a there's a scene in the movie in the very first act that's so good, so damn good. <laughs> but then it's never topped. No, and when the third act happens, and it especially it gets. I mean, I'm, again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's like there's this moment of all right, here we go. It's 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 on game time, and you think, man, and I remember sitting in the theater thinking, man. There was a scene in the beginning of this movie that was amazing. Yes. But now, like, it's going to be insane, It's going to be even better. And and unfortunately, it doesn't top that scene. No, it does not. With that said, it's still, for me, it was extremely still entertaining. Like, it's just not as good as that action scene was. That scene was so good. No, that scene was insanely good. Like, it was, I, I guess you could call it basically the first major fight scene of the film. Yes. And it really is. And damn it, it's good. But. So good. So in that sense, I guess I understand where you're coming from with that, with that third act. It's like, it is a lot of fighting and it doesn't ever top what we had seen earlier in the movie. So in a lot of ways, you're kind of waiting for, man, is there going to be something that happens that's like even better? And it never comes. But with that said, for me, like it is still entertaining and I liked what the movie did. I liked how the movie ended. I was not expecting that kind of ending with this movie. Again, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm dancing around spoiling. Anything. I know but, we're, we're going to have to talk spoilers later at but, some point about it, but yeah. I, I liked it. 
I like the movie a lot. And overall, yeah, I think I enjoyed it more than Chapter 2. And I like Chapter 2. Really? I like all these movies. I'm very happy with them. And I also was, I don't, say, I don't mean to say also because I don't know if you were, but I was skeptical of Holly Berry from the trailer. You were. And I, she was good in this. And I, and I say that, and I wasn't skeptical of her because I have a problem with her. I like Holly Berry. She's fine. I just remember when she popped up in the trailer. Just wanted to make sure it was going to mesh well. It like took me out of the movie, it, right. the, the trailer. It was just like, oh, Holly Berry's in this? I'm like, for some reason, she just doesn't seem like she fits. Like, I remember in the trailer, you see Angelica Houston's in, in this. And I'm like, oh, she fits. Like, she, she seems perfect. She does. And Quite well, actually. You know, Lawrence Fishburne is in these movies, and he seems like he fits. But I remember as soon as you saw Holly Berry in the trailer, I'm like, oh. Like that just feels out of place, but she fits. No, she does. She's, just, she's fine. Yeah. I, I like her. I like what I like her story arc. Yep. Like I think it's really well. I mean, and that action scene, I with, was really which good. includes a couple other characters. I'll say, uh, is is cool because it's something different. It was. I liked it a lot. I, li- I was I impressed that. with how much I liked it. So overall, I really liked the movie. I, and like I said, I I think I liked it better than the second one. So. Okay. Sounds like you liked it better than I did. I still enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I just had mixed feelings with the way it ended. And I wasn't sold. The end should have sold me more than the beginning. But I'm I'm still, after watching it, I'm even more dying to get you to watch the two Raid movies. <laughs> oh, that's right. Because there's two that's actors. Right. In, right. There was that's two right. actors that pop up in the third act who are from the Raid films. Oh, that doesn't surprise and me. That does not you surprise me at all. You can probably guess which two actors exactly. I'm talking about. That doesn't surprise and me at all. And Man is a good movie. <laughs> like, and I haven't watched them in a while. And what's sad is, and Bobby, Mike, and I say this, Bobby doesn't rewatch really anything. Why would he cringe at this? He but doesn't. I don't think I've seen The Raid 2 since I saw it in the theater. And I own it. I have a copy and I haven't even watched the copy well, I bought. We'll have to watch them sometime. Those movies are so good. Man, it's summertime. It's hot as blue blazes out there in florida right What's now frustrating those is, I don't want there are so many movies in the theater like there's so many movies in the like, theater i want to go see rocket man so i'm already like yeah maybe in the next couple nights i, I want to go see that because then dark phoenix comes out next weekend and i'm saying this like not that i'm like super pumped about dark phoenix but i do want to see it i want to see how it is i'm uh dark me and dark phoenix. but after my WonderCon experience and the stuff they showed i'm like I definitely still have a renewed interest in that movie. I'm not, my expectations are not high. They're still down there. Oh no, my expectations are stupid low for that. Based on the stuff I saw at WonderCon, even if just for the score, I don't, I think I talked about this when we watched, when we talked about WonderCon, Hans Zimmer's score for the stuff that we saw when we were there in Anaheim, it, I could tell, man, it changed the context of the scenes I was watching. Like I, there was a scene we watched, which um, it's not a spoiler to mention. I mean, cause it's, it's seen in the trailer. There's a scene in the trailer. You see that they go to space to do like a rescue mission. Right. And we saw like that, basically that whole scene. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling they still cut some things out of it, but we basically saw that scene and his score over it. It was perfect, but I could tell it's like you could do this scene again with a completely other composer and a different score. It would completely change the tone of the scene I'm watching. And his score is just, it really like gives you this like impending doom like Uh about her. And it works. And I'm like, man, it's this is making me more interested in watching this movie. So that's, don't get me wrong, I'm not exactly pumped about Dark Phoenix. 
but it's also the end of this whole yeah. kind of franchise. This is over. Like I know. any X-Men we have from now on are going to be basically Deadpool. rebooted by the MCU and it's going to be completely new. Right. Um, I mean, my... Hmm. I have so many issues with, with Dark Phoenix right now and I haven't even seen this film. I think my big thing is, and this is just me personally... When it comes to the X-Men, the, the X-Men, I've loved the X-Men. I read a lot of Marvel comics in my life. Like I read Thor and I read Spider-Man. I read Iron Man. Like I love Marvel. The X-Men were my thing. And in the late 80s, early 90s, that's the X-Men that I know and love from reading and also from the show that was on the animated show. And so I know this these stories very well and so i'm just for me it's hard for me to see this variation because i'm like i don't know how i feel about this it's so different and i don't know i'm just so mixed on it and i'm just really trying to i'm just kind of trying to deal with it like for me i'm just like it's just because i know the comics so well like i read this i read like a seven year span of x-men multiple times so like i know x-men really well for that time period and that's what this is and so it's like there's a i have a thing inside me like i know what what's what what happens so i'm trying to like be okay with this and i see this i'm just like oh i just i've been so let down by apocalypse that i just it's hard it's hard for me (laughs) like I'm seeing it because I love the X-Men. I I feel like this series has had hits and they've had misses. And I just, I hope this does well because for it to basically come to a conclusion makes me sad if it's not good. Right. Because I love the X-Men <clears throat> so much. Like it's yeah. very, it's, it's like when X-Men, what was it, United? What was the third one? The third of this of this of the, current the original one. Oh, it was um, man, is the next men united? Well, we it suck. ended it ended badly. <laughs> yeah, no, it did not. End well. It ended badly. It did not end well, <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, don't let this end badly. You know, like it's. It was X Men United. Okay. It, no, that was X. That was X Two. No, X Two. I liked X Two. X Men United. Three was. Yeah, what was it called? Last anyway. Stand. Yes. There it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we can do this. I can do this. I'm an X Men person. Um, well, I didn't I don't like that movie that much. So I don't watch it that much. So I don't know the title <laughs> that much. United, I like a lot actually. Um, no, it, so this one, I. I'm trying not to have expectations, but it's almost impossible for me to not have expectations for this. Like, it's very hard for me to completely disassociate my feelings for this. Does that make sense? I don't know. I'm I'm trying. But, no, there's a lot of movies coming out. And honestly, there's even just a lot of kids' movies coming out. Like, next weekend is uh, Life of Pets 2. At the end of the month, we have Toy Story four. I still haven't seen Detective Pikachu. I want. I want to I see know. that. You still haven't seen Detective Pikachu. I want to take right. my son to see it. You want to take your son to go see that? But I want to see it. I was going like, to say you still haven't seen Detective Pikachu. We yet. watched out of God. We walked out of Godzilla the other day. Which now that we're going to get to that next. We need to talk about Godzilla. Um, oh, we need to talk about Godzilla so, so much. We 
we walked out of that and I'm looking at posters at the movie theater and I'm like, damn, there's a lot of movies in the theater I kind of want to see. I'm like, so like Rocket Man and Detective Pikachu and damn it, the summer. <laughs> well, it's, it's not so hard if you don't have responsibilities like yard work or like just hanging out and enjoying Child time with your children, and, yeah. like, or going to see a soccer game or like, you know, whatever. Doing other things. Playing games on Life. the new computer. Um, yeah, the new computer you built. All right, yeah, my voice is going, and we need to talk about Godzilla. We need to talk I can tell Godzilla. my voice is like, man, you're talking a lot. <laughs> this needs to stop. Aw, um, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Well, what's funny is I feel like each movie we talk about tonight, I've been like, I know nothing about these things. And again, I know nothing Godzilla? about Godzilla. <laughs> I'm like the like the new kid this evening, Link. <laughs> so you never saw the first one, and I say the first one of this current franchise. Right. We'll be clear. The first one is a new franchise. So when was that last one? When did that come out? What was that? 2010? Uh no, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, it was. You're looking behind you like you oh. expect a Godzilla poster. No, because you have Pacific Rim. What was the other poster you used to have up here? You switched everything. Did you have a Godzilla up here? No. I never oh. had a Godzilla poster. Oh. Uh, Godzilla came out in 2014. Okay, well, I never saw that one. I never, and I did, but you haven't seen it. And then actually Kong Skull Island is a part of this universe. Which I have not and seen. And neither of us have seen that. That came out in 2017, mm-hmm. so just a couple of years ago. And now we have uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters, which just came out this weekend, mm-hmm. which did not do well at the box office. Have you seen the box office numbers? No. I say you? that, and it, it's number one. But I it, was expecting it to do really well. So before I say what the results are, like, you know, I'd heard the tracking, and then I know you kind of hear the oh, it could. There's a there's a good chance it might do a little more than that. And then we went and saw our showing, which was in Dolby Cinema. And I mean, I don't know if it was sold out, but it... It was pretty well packed in there. It was pretty well packed, but it's... I don't know. Dolby Cinema is weird because the seats are so big and everyone's kind of so spread apart. It's sometimes it's hard to tell how packed it is if you're not like looking around. Well, there's that high railing, so you really can't see below you and you really don't see behind you. It's not like when you're in a regular movie theater and you can see everybody. You have a better sense of You kind of can't see everybody. So it didn't feel packed, but you're right. It probably was sold out or I don't know. At one point, I did kind of lift my butt up enough to kind of go, Oh, yeah, it's it's decently packed in here. Right. Anyway, yeah, no, it, it fell below studio expectations. Studio expectations were, I think, fifty to fifty-five million, which seemed sounds low, reasonable. Which seemed that already sounds crazy reasonable. Low. Um, the movie ended up at forty-nine. Really? That's it? And I mean, when you think about the Godzilla in oh, twenty fourteen, wow. Godzilla in twenty fourteen opened to. Like 95, I want to say. Holy sh... 93.2. And then Kong Skull Island opened at 61. See, and in my head, I was thinking this would have been 55 or 56 million. So I'm surprised it even hit 50. Wow. Well, yeah, it barely missed 50. Wow, that's sad. And Aladdin is like right there. I mean, that's in its second week. So it, it dropped 53%, but it's right there at number two at 42 million. So I mean, Aladdin was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, if you would listen to other show, we both liked Aladdin a lot. Yeah, no, I liked Aladdin. Um, that's not that surprising. 
So Godzilla, King of the Monsters. You hadn't seen the first movie. You haven't I've seen not Kong Skull Island. I've not seen Kong Skull Island. I went to this. And in general, you're, the vibe I get for, I say the vibe, you've basically outright said, these kind of movies are not your thing. Like kaiju monster films are not something it sounds like you kind of grew up with and you're just not, you're not into. I mean, I, it's hard to say what I'm about to say. I am not the biggest monster film fan having said that there's a there depends on your definition of monster films is what i can say you know if we talk about like old school universal studios monsters super in but when you talk about like big monsters that are here to destroy your city no not so much and i have seen some godzilla films my brother's you know, God bless them. They used to love watching Godzilla movies. So there'd be times we'd sit down and I'd watch a Godzilla movie from the 50s or the 60s or the 70s or whenever it was. You know, like, yeah. Like, I've seen a few. Could I name them? Hell no. Could I tell you what each, like, monster's name was? No. I know, you know, Mothra and then, like, what's the other one, the fire one that was in this movie? Rodan. Rodan, like I, you know, kind of more the major ones I know of. Yeah, that one on your t-shirt. Yeah, I'm wearing that a t-shirt, t-shirt with all of them right now. The metal one, I know the metal one. I saw Me- that one. Mega Godzilla. Mega Godzilla. I've seen that one. <laughs> like I've seen, I've seen them. I don't know the titles of each one. You know, it's bad dubbing. Whatever. It wasn't. It wasn't really my thing. But you know, some days it's raining outside and you wind up watching it because you only own a TV in your house because. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Anyways, um, so... Uh, okay, so I went into this kind of going, okay, hit me. Let's do this. <laughs> like, come at me, Godzilla. Like, I want to be... I want to be amazed by the things I'm about to see. And on one side of things, I was really amazed by some of the things I saw. I enjoyed a lot of stuff, actually. I can almost say I was pleasantly surprised by this film, quite honestly. Do I love this film? Hell no. (laughs) But I had fun watching it. And that's really, I think, the whole spirit of the monster films. It was fun. Scary fun in a weird way. Like when you put things in a context, you're thinking about like the world coming to an end because of these creatures. That's kind of weird. And it's totally fantastical. And it's all in fantasy. It's all in good fun. I will say, like, seeing Godzilla, I was like, damn, that's Godzilla. Like, <laughs> And I say that, and I saw, what was the Godzilla movie that came out with Matthew Broderick? Oh, so we try to forget that one. Well, I know everybody tries to forget that one, but I have seen that one. Most people have. So it's like, that Godzilla was like, nah, it's Godzilla, whatever. This was Godzilla. Like, I'm like, okay, that's Godzilla. This is, that is the most impressive representation of Godzilla I think I've ever seen in my life. And it was like, okay, it's really hard to not be impressed by the CGI in this and just the way that they designed him, his look, his appearance, his ability, like, the whole like blue lighting to then do the thing. I was like, this is really awesome. The sound it even makes is it's like, it's like, it's like a battery charging up. Like, whoop, whoop, whoop. Like, it's like, this is kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. This is kind of fun. Like I was kind of getting into it. Um, yeah, no, I, I had fun. 
And the sad part about this is I still kind of felt like watching an old school Godzilla movie where I almost felt like the voices were dubbed and these were Amer- most of them American actors. And I'm like, these are good actors. And this is so bad. <laughs> <laughs> the acting is not good. And I like some of these actors. Like I'm like, Ken Watanabe, I like. Not an American. Well, he, he's kind of an American actor now. I guess you can consider him. He's American well-known. You know, he's an, he's a Japanese. He is, he is known to American audiences. Right, that's yeah. That's, that's why. Okay. What was the first thing he really did? It was like Last Samurai, I think. Oh, was... it's just such a good movie. Sorry. Um, sorry, moment. Um, yeah, so it's like I'm watching him and I'm like, oh, oh, kid. You know, and like, I'm not a Kyle Chandler fan. So that wasn't surprising that I was impressed with him. But, you know, like, there's, there's some legit actors up there. And I'm like, this is so bad. But then the monsters came on screen and it was awesome again. <laughs> and so I was like, this is great. I love this. And I have to say, like, watching Mothra get, like, you know, birthed and everything. Like, it was really cool watching that happen. And even, like, the cocooning and the uncocooning and watching Mothra do what she does. I was like, well, this is pretty sweet. I'm I'm liking this. Like, when the monsters were on screen, I was actually pretty happy with it. It's basically when the humans got there, I was like, God, this is so stupid. Like. <laughs> It was so dumb. But I liked it. It was fun. The effects are amazing. Watching monsters fight each other. Pretty cool. Otherwise, yeah, I can kind of leave it. Hmm. I'm I'm happy. I'm pleasantly surprised (laughs) that you enjoyed it as much as you did. I didn't expect you to. Really? No. I still expected you to be like, oh, this is stupid. I mean... I don't know. I think I was trying to just have fun with the whole idea of the monsters like existing. I mean, you either enjoyed it or you didn't, or you're you enjoyed certain parts of it or you didn't. And that sounds like that's where you are. You enjoyed watching the monster part of this movie. I enjoyed the monsters. They were pretty cool. The human story aspect to it, you were like, Oh, this guy could do without this. Right. And I'm I'm happy that you enjoyed any aspect of it, honestly. I'm like I'm surprised. That's that's awesome. I'm yeah, glad you enjoyed like, it. Uh, where were they? Over Mexico, the Mexican section, mm-hmm. when the three-headed Hydra fought with Rodan, and then Rodan bowed down to him, and and the three-headed like Hydra, Kidora, thank you. He's on top of the volcano. I was like, okay, that's a really cool shot. Like, <laughs> like it's hard to not be impressed by that shot. I'm like, okay, that's that's. That's pretty awesome. Like, right. It's hard to not admit that. Like it, it, and any person I think could look at that and go, "Well, it's a pretty big bad guy." Right. <laughs> like, it's it's an impressive shot. Like it was an amazing. It's pretty cool. But yeah, there's other aspects, and I won't go into spoilers. But there's other things that happened to me. I was like, "Oh god, this is so dumb." Oh, like, it's just like this is painful. But overall, I had fun with it. I like the monsters fighting. Give me more of that. Give me more of the amazing looking Godzilla. That Godzilla, it just was. He's that is. I will watch the first one just because I want to watch more Godzilla. Right I'd be now. curious to see what you like, think of it. I would like to watch more Godzilla because like, that one is a polarizing movie. Like, okay, I've, I heard, mean, I've heard that. No, people love it or they hate it. I mean, Bobby. Bobby has been pumped. Unfortunately, Bobby and Yasha can be here, but 
Bobby has been pumped about this movie, just as I have. Right. And I haven't heard yet what he thinks of this movie. And but he is not a fan of the first movie. Like Oh, that's right. No, he's not. Huh. And I differ there. I Oh no, you like the first movie. I, I liked it. I, I get I trust me, I understand the complaints. And I do. And I say this and I'll briefly go over my background as a Godzilla fan, if you want to call it that. Like I grew up, I think my mom introduced me to watching Godzilla movies. And I think that's my first memory of watching any type of foreign language film was a Godzilla movie. I just, I have this memory of watching a Godzilla movie and being able to tell or being told that, I don't know how old I was that, Oh, this is dubbed. And actually I think that was my first even like experience going, I don't like dubbing. I'd rather just read subtitles. (laughs) Right. You know? Yeah. And and yeah, I definitely watched a few and I remember liking them as a kid, but I, so I like Godzilla films and I definitely have a background with them, but I'm also not going to act like I am some Godzilla expert. Like I, I don't know the names of all the monsters and I don't, excuse me, I don't remember the names of a lot of the films, if any of them at this point. And I just remember I enjoyed them and you know, I saw that Godzilla film on Matthew Broderick as well, and also was like, "Oh God, this is terrible." And I think I even saw that in the theater. I did too. I think I, because I was probably working in the theater, but yeah, I think I even saw it in the theater. Crazy. So when these movies came, it was just like, oh, like yeah, I don't, I'm not like a diehard fan, but I'm enough of a Godzilla fan that I'm like, I'm no, excited yeah, about this, I get that. and I liked what Gareth Edwards tried to do, what he. Yeah, attempted to do with that first movie. It worked for me. I mean, I get the complaint that there's not enough Godzilla in it and there's not enough just kaiju in general. There's not enough fighting of Godzilla in the movie. It's Mm -hmm. a lot of human story. But I like what he tried to do where he's really trying to put you in the position of a human observing this craziness. Okay, okay. That makes sense. And it makes sense, especially if you think about his first film, Monsters fitting um which you should see it's very good and monsters is a film i i'm it's been a while since i've watched it but there's it's been some type of apocalypse or something and basically it's set where these people are trying to make their way from mexico clips of that to the u.s and there are these kind of alien monsters there's been like an alien invasion or something i know what you're talking about now so after that movie you can see why he was picked to do godzilla right and I liked what he did. You know, he, a lot of times you, yeah, he just he sets up these scenes where people are seeing footage on TV of the fight happening, but you can hear it in the background and stuff. And it's just really trying to put you in that perspective of like what it would really be like to be in San Francisco when this fight is happening, you know, which means you're not just getting shots of like a, a kaiju fight, you know? Right. Like the old movies did. Right. Right. It's not like an old film. It's, that's trying to be more relevant, I think, to an audience of today. Which reminds me of Cloverfield. Yes. And I like Cloverfield, which is a whole other topic. Yes. But that's a, what, a lot like that. That's what Cloverfield is doing. It's basically, what would you do if New York City was under attack from aliens? And how your evening would evolve, basically seeing it, but also just trying to live. But you're experiencing it from like a person's point of view. Right. You are in a human being 
POV. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that. Okay. Okay. Which makes sense just because that's how this movie picks up from. So then this movie comes along and I also have not seen Kong Skull Island. Which now I'm curious to see, by the way. I don't have high hopes for it, but I'm curious. I'm curious too. And I was curious to see it when it came out. I just never did. Oh yeah. I meant no to. Desire to see it. Um, I was curious. But now I And I'm not a big Kong fan, to be honest. I'm, I don't have a problem with Kong. It's just, I don't know. That's never been my thing. You know, I think I've seen as many King Kong films as I have uh, with Godzilla ones. I've seen a lot of the old ones. Hmm. Anyways. But okay. so I've been pumped about this because this definitely is OK. This is taking the perspective of like you see in the trailers, like they're all here. Like they have promoted that this is going to be everybody. Like basically all of the monsters are uh-huh. in this movie. It's like, oh, shit. Like we're basically doing the opposite of what the first movie did. Mm-hmm. And we're just just. You guys wanted more monsters? Fine, we're doing monsters. We're doing them all. We're doing them all. So I've been pumped about this movie, and I say that as someone who liked the first movie. And I was meh about this. Really? Yeah. Oh. This was a meh movie for me. Oh, I'm so sorry. You didn't like, <laughs> like the monster fighting or anything? Well, I mean, my problem with this movie, in, in a lot of ways, I think I have the similar reaction you do to this movie. But it's funny. Like... This movie seems to be going out of its way. You watch all these trailers and it's like all the monsters are in this movie. And I guess technically they are. Uh, yeah, technically, but they're really it's only But there's four still a lot of human story to this film. So much human story. And don't story. get me wrong, I get that there needs there of course there needs to be. Uh, I mean, yeah. we're not just going to like turn the camera on and like, okay, monsters fighting, you know, but still it was like for a movie that pushed itself so much on being about like showing that there's so many different monsters in this movie, really this movie is about Godzilla versus Ghidorah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, Rodan pops up yep. and so does Mothra. They have more important roles, but otherwise the rest of them are just completely... It's all like, background. They're not there. They're not there. They, they give a snapshot of what else is happening. They are basically yeah. just the shots you see in the trailer of like the other monsters and how they're appearing. That's it. That is all you see, with the exception of a shot at the end. But um, mm-hmm. that's it. And otherwise, there's still seem to be lacking enough just like kaiju fighting like for yeah. me and yes you're right like you have a lot of really great actors in this movie and you know they're great actors which tells you if they're not acting well it's the direction mm-hmm. like we've seen this before in other movies with great mm-hmm. actors and they don't act well mm-hmm. and I'm like man was I guess this is just they're not being directed well because yeah it's just I think they're also just working with a script that's not very good oh yeah the script is horrible and it's just bad like I don't know like You've heard where my where I come from going into this movie. I'm not a diehard Godzilla fan, but I'm enough of a fan that I feel like this film is still walking this middle road of like it's trying to be like a classic Godzilla film, but it's also trying to, you know, be a, a relevant film for 2019 and it doesn't do it well. And, it, and I'm going to point to a movie that I feel like does it well. And that's Pacific Rim. Pacific Rim is a movie that it's like, if you want a monster film, like, but it's not taking itself too seriously. Because there's times where I think this movie is taking itself too seriously. Yes. Pacific Rim, I feel like, walks the balance perfectly. And that's why I enjoy it. It's just fun. 
I mean, yeah, there's times in Pacific Rim the acting is not good, but it's like it's it almost feels like it fits in Pacific Rim in a way. I don't I don't know how to explain it because I'm saying this because I know you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, but I haven't seen either Pacific Rim. I'd be curious to see what you would think of, of Pacific Rim now, now that you've watched this movie. Like, okay. And I know you haven't been a fan of watching it. And I, no. And that's why I haven't been like, Michelle, you've got to see Pacific Rim. Because I don't want to push you to watch a movie that you're just going to shit all over. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? like Not that I'm going to care because I like Pacific Rim. Right, you, you like what like you it, like. You, you know, it's fine. But now that you've watched Godzilla and you've said, oh, I, I liked these monster fights. They were impressive. I'd be curious to see what you think of Pacific Rim. Now, the thing is, I will say, like it sounds like some of the things you like about this monster film is that the monsters look so incredibly good and they do in the Pacific Rim. No, they are not, right. they're not quite the effects are not quite as like high end realistic as like how Godzilla looks in this and some of the other monsters. Right. And that's another thing, by the way, like Godzilla looks incredibly good. He's insanely awesome and, looking. And actually oh I really like the way Rodan looked. Rodan looked good. And I knew exactly what you were about to say. I but, could but I know Gitarra where you're going. was like at times yes! like when like I remember the shots in the trailer yes! when the you know the the extended trailer that we saw with the heads coming up out of the ground for the first time and and I think it's the tough part is is we're so used to as Game of Thrones fans like mm-hmm. oh like I love the way those dragons in Game of oh, Thrones look. Oh, the dragons in Game of Thrones look amazing. And then these dragon kind of heads are like eh. It was <laughs> like it was it was like they and I get what they're doing. They're trying to take the way the dragons look on Asian print from Asian old ancient history stories and mm-hmm. pictures. And they're trying to basically make those look like what he's supposed to look like. And I get that. However, it didn't. It was almost too CGI. Yeah, it didn't it, look quite as like Godzilla realistic. looks realistic. He looks real. Like, holy shit. Godzilla look mm-hmm. like if Godzilla was real that's what Godzilla looks like guys like that was so cool to see and Rodan even awesome and I will say there's a shot of Mothra and I will say Mothra was pretty f- fantastical as a whole but there's a shot and it's towards the end mother comes out from the clouds and the sun is behind her and she is like digging going towards rodan i'm like that looks like classic godzilla film and it looks so good it was so cool to see that shot of her coming into attack i was like that's really cool but then yeah like the big bad of this film doesn't look good yeah. It's not done well. No. At least I mean, not as well as the other monsters, I'll put it that way. There's definitely shots where Ghidorah looks great. But yes. like close up, especially like of the, the heads. The close up like, of the heads, yeah. Yeah, it looks a little too yeah. CG. It's a little too CG. So I agree. Overall, yeah, I was it's not I don't know. It was meh. I, I was bummed by the movie. Okay. I'm I mean sorry. I I have to say, you asked me, I think the first movie's better. Well, see, now I'm concerned about me watching the first movie because what I liked about this was the monster fighting. So I'm concerned now. <laughs> I'm going to watch this first one and be like, yeah, this was crap. I, I 
You could land either way at this point. I, I think really, I probably could. I, I'm curious for we'll you see. to see it and see where you go. We do, we obviously need to watch Kong Skull Island, and we can't get to spoilers right now, but it's definitely a theme that's happening. I mean, it's been outright said. I mean, there's no spoilers oh, that's there. True. That's they, true. They've that's basically true. been pointing down the road that like this is going to end up with a Godzilla versus Kong kind of thing. That's true. Um, so now we now, need to watch depending on box Island. office, we'll see if mm. that actually happens. But worldwide box office, this movie could definitely make its money back. I think and, worldwide it'll make its money back for sure. It's, um, I think unfortunately domestically it's not doing well. But like I said, I'm curious to see what you think of the first movie if you watch it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you want to, I'd be curious to see now that you've seen. Maybe watch the first movie, and now that you've watched these movies, I'd be curious to see what you would think of like Pacific Rim, comparatively speaking. Pacific Rim Two, you could totally skip that, but <laughs> like Pacific Rim, I feel like again it it walks a balance well, where yeah. that that is a much more entertaining kaiju film than right. than these have been overall. I'd I'd be curious, and like I said, I, the thing is, is I will admit as a whole, I'm not the biggest monster movie person. But then, like, I'm one of the few people that I liked Cloverfield. Like, I thought it was cool. I liked it. I did, too. And most people did not no, I know. like that movie. <laughs> well, I mean, because anything, it's the same complaint as the first Godzilla film. People went into Cloverfield, I think, thinking it was going to be this crazy, like, alien invasion, big monster movie. And they were going to see a lot of monster, basically. And you see almost no monster in Cloverfield. <laughs> Pretty much. Basically, it is a... Kind of like what I'm trying to explain that the first Godzilla film is like. It's right. like putting you in the shoes of like being at it's, the business end of this monster. It's like watching Superman fight Zod and destroy New York City. Right. I guess. <laughs> Look at me go. I guess so, yeah. Well, when you put in perspective of Batman v Superman, that's basically what they're trying to. Anyways, we're going down a pathway. I know you're not going to. So we're, I think we've, we're done with Godzilla and I would say we're done, but I'm curious to hear what you thought of the Game of Thrones documentary. Oh, okay. so last night we watched it. It, it came out a week ago. I like night. how you say we, I feel like I watched it and you did other things and kind of watched it. I watched it. I was doing things, but I was facing the TV. I watched it. So last night we watched Game of Thrones, the last watch which was the HBO documentary that they aired a week after the last episode, basically in the same time slot as Game of Thrones. And it covers season eight, the production of season eight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a fly in the wall documentary style. There's really no kind of talking head interviews in this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It is straight up like fly in the wall style documentary making by the behind the scenes kind of setup. What'd you think of it? Hmm. I'm going to say what I'm going to say here. It, what I didn't like was that it felt very scripted for a documentary. And that bothered me. But what I did like was I, I liked there's moments in that I really enjoyed. I enjoy watching, not surprisingly, the table read and watching everybody's reactions to how their characters conclusions are. And that was enjoyable to see that footage, I will say. And I liked seeing, you know, how kind of behind the scenes, how they built um, King's Landing. 
That was hell of impressive. That isn't an undertaking I can't even begin to fathom. And it's, it was seven or nine months. How long did it say it took? Forever? I think it was seven. That is a lot to build that of work. Set. To build a set for an episode, if not maybe kind of two. And then also to make that episode and basically blow it up. I, oh, that was, it was impressive to watch that go down like to see them build that and i think it was interesting getting like the makeup artist perspective of things i enjoyed kind of seeing that like her going like just we're still also living a life somehow in the middle of all this chaos i don't know at the same time like it just seemed like when you say scripted, what do you mean by that? It felt kind of scripted. Like it, you were, like, for instance, I'll use the makeup artist as an example. Almost yeah. like they were getting her to say certain things about her, like her well, child. Just, they really focused on her family aspect a lot. Yeah. It just kind of seemed like they were specifically getting certain things out of certain people. To, it just seemed like. Because I didn't get that vibe at all. Okay, it's, no. to me it seemed like HBO was specifically going to different people for different things. But I mean, they is, were. There's no doubt they the documentary ends up focusing on certain people a lot, right? But go ahead. Um, and in a weird way, the one guy who's a background actor, it was kind of funny to watch. Who they focus dirty. on a lot? Who they focus on a lot? And there's times it felt kind of scripted there too. But overall, it was entertaining to watch him because he was just so freaking into it. <laughs> but it's at the same time like. I can't, I'm not faulting him for that. Like, Jesus, if I had that opportunity, I'd be super excited and geeking out and into no, it that too. Guy, that guy thinks he's a Stark. Like, he is like straight up oh. like, whoa, you're wearing a Bolton jacket. <laughs> whoa, Boltons, back the hell away from me. Like, like, he's taking it a step over. Okay, no, in, in certain situations he does, but I will say in his like, no, that guy was great. Don't His happiness excitement. No, he was awesome. He was awesome. And I get it. Like, him just being, like, overly excited all the time. Like, I get. Like, I would be overly excited. I'd be shooting my pants <clears> of excitement <throat> all the time. Like, I was like, I get it. I do get it. Like, I, it's, that is an amazing experience he's had and he will have for the rest of his life. And it'll be fun. I don't know. It was, and we wait at the same time, though kind of boring to watch no well, that's I, my take on it I get what you're saying that's because and I was interested but also I watched bored. it as a Game of Thrones fan and it's it's two hours it is and I agree with you that it is because of the way it's done I do think it's more boring than it needs to be it is a little boring because little and I, I made a point to bring up that this is a fly in the wall style documentary you are just basically watching people like kind of go through the daily routine of making season eight. Yep. And there's a lot of cool stuff in this documentary if you're a Game of Thrones fan to see. There are. And it's also, I think it's good to see for a lot of people to really, even me, I, I know what, excuse me. I mean, I know what it's like to produce this kind of show or film but it's easy to forget and watching this documentary it's like a major reminder of like man this is a huge undertaking a deep deeper appreciation like, it, it really gives you an appreciation for like the amount of work how many people devoted so much time to this show like 
and obviously they're all getting paid, but yes, like this was huge. Like, like, like you mentioned the set that building a oh. set for that long for like one episode like, and to blow it up on and top of to that. destroy it like over seven months and just so much detail. It's just, it's beautiful and it's crazy. And like, it's easy to just for all general audiences to just watch a show and go, wow, that was awesome. And it's all just CG, blah, blah, blah. Like, no, mm. like not everything is anymore. And it's a lot of work. And that's why like, people who just steal this stuff it's it, it can be irritating you know and yeah. watch try to watch it for free like no there's a lot of people that are employed by this kind of endeavor and, and it's important to see it for that reason but you seem like a bunch of it go ahead so what i want to say is like think about how much time and effort you put into one costume that you make for dragon con right and think about the work that they put in on just a basic background person's costume, let alone a lead star costume. Like the amount of man hours that go into making these and leather working, so much leather working. And that alone is impressive. And then if you think of the sets, that's a whole nother level. And then you think of the makeup. That's a whole nother, like, it's insane. And then if you really think about it, what was interesting was learning that the makeup artists, basically, they put a bid in. They gave a couple of conceptual ideas, and they bid to even win the spot to be the makeup artists for the show. Like, that's insane. Do you know what I mean? Like, think mm -hmm. about that. And they were saying, like, they're like, we really were relatively unknown makeup artists. Like, this basically was our first major like we're gonna see what happens and then they got it and they're both were like wow we're shitting our pants we don't even have chairs for people to sit in to put their makeup on let alone assistance to do it right and they were like that's insane if you think about it. their lives completely turned upside down that fast it's Im it's impressive it's amazing like the undertaking the heart the heart the sweat and blood that went into the show people just don't appreciate no, yeah, so it's good from that in that respect, watching it yeah. and getting an, another sense of, oh man, how much work this show was. But I agree with you in that as documentary, behind the scenes, movie making, TV making, documentaries go, it can't, it, for a two hour documentary, I was like, this, I feel like this could have been done in a way that wasn't so boring. Yeah, I agree. It, like, was, it was kind and of boring. I, and I, especially considering the the setup of this show, it's easy to compare it to the appendices documentaries for the Lord of the Rings films. Oh, it's super easy to compare to that. I will agree with Have you. Have you watched all those? I've not. Just the, Have um, you watched any of them? Fellowship. Okay. So. Um, those are, like, for anyone who, like, I remember I was buying the extended editions every year those three years when the Lord of the Rings films extended editions were coming out. And I remember Aaron and I, who's been on this podcast in the past, my roommate at the time, like we were immediately dying to watch those behind the scenes documentaries. We were living in LA at the time and they were incredibly good. And they, I feel like that's what this documentary needed. It needed that balance of like that fly in the wall style cut in with kind of interviews mm -hmm. of you know yeah. the the showmakers and actors i think it kind of needed that balance to make it a little more 
entertaining. Yeah. And instead it was just straight up fly in the wall. Yeah. And it was like, oh man, like, I don't know. It, it did make it a little boring overall. I don't like using the word boring, but it, it I was mean, a little boring. I, I, I say that like, I imagine it would be boring for a lot of people. Like for me, I, overall, I, I enjoyed watching it because I, I love, I mean, we're on a podcast and we love this kind of stuff. So yeah. watching that for two hours is fine. And we love Game of Thrones, but even me as a Game of Thrones fan, I was watching it going, this could be done better. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, HBO could have thrown a smidge more into this one. Yeah. Especially because we've seen HBO documentaries and we know what they could put into them. Like, you're really going to tell me that a documentary about your own show isn't getting them. And then it was weird the things they they kind of excluded. Like, they really, like you already mentioned, they focused on certain people and they kept kind of going back to them. And then when it came to the show directors, they really focused on David Nutter. I think that's his name, right? Yeah, Nutter, yeah. And he, he did three of the six. So he yeah. did half of the episodes, I mean, if did. you think he, about it. He directed one, two, and four. Four. Um, and he was the director previously. I think he missed the two seasons just before this because mm-hmm. of the mentions in the documentary, like back surgery and stuff. Yeah. But he directed the Red Wedding episode. Yeah. He's... <clears throat> he's been around for some major Game of Thrones episodes. Oh, yeah. Episodes. He's had some major episodes. But, like, I... And I don't have his name in front of me. I forget his name. But the director of episodes three and five of season eight, the two battle episodes... Right. He was also the director of Battle of the Bastards. Yeah. So, obviously, that's his thing. Yes. Um, I was expecting, okay, and some stuff with him. And I don't think he was ever even mentioned. No. Like, nothing with him. Like, and he was on the did uh, the the train, the the the... Oh, the, the the loot train, the loot train yeah. battle. Like so, and he his name wasn't even mentioned. I'm thinking, well, his episode was kind of I don't know how should we say the apex of the whole season. Well, it, and because the, this documentary definitely went over the long night, which was the the battle with the the, the dead army yeah. and everything, like the army of the dead, and and they definitely ta- obviously talked about the other big battle episode, but they never, I guess. It was interesting that they didn't at all focus on the other directors like him. It was weird. Mainly. And honestly, it, as weird as this is going to sound, I, I was kind of like, huh, they're not focusing on They're not talking to the other directors. But even then, like, I would have been interested to have them have a conversation with, like, say, the cinematographer for the actual, like, battle. The one with the, with the White Walkers. Like, I'd be curious to have a conversation with that cinematographer. Do you know what I mean? And be like, so what, what was your visuals with thinking about this and this and this? And like, what was your thought processes and your plans and how you collaborated with the director to kind of get this scene and how you kind of went, Hey, I want to do it like this. What do you think? And like, I wanted to hear that. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to see how did you go? I had this idea. Hold up. Look at this. Right. If we shot, like, I want to hear that discussion. Yeah. That I wish I'd seen more of. Yeah. But, I mean, because the other thing I would think of is I was surprised they didn't do more just kind of talking with the actors. Yeah, they really don't. They really don't. But I guess that's the decision was that's not what they were going for. And, I mean, one cool thing is that they the documentary seems to be going out of its way to also focus on the fact that, you know, I guess the production was based in Belfast mm-hmm. yep. and it's kind of taking that perspective of 
people who are from this area who are really like benefiting from this production and working in this production. Like that makeup artist, I don't know if she was from Belfast, but somewhere in, I think somewhere in the UK in the UK. Yeah. And then like they focus a lot on the, the food truck or whatever, you know, the woman yeah. who runs the food truck. And, She's a Belfast person. That's and her. We brought up the, you, you brought up the, the extra who it yeah. appeared in a lot of episodes, who was this diehard fan who lives a, probably, I guess in the area. And, and now he's a tour he's guide like a guy. He's tour guide guy. I mean, and you know, so he's got to make a buck. It is cool that the documentary focused on like, look, it was shot out here. And this is what it was like for these people locally to work on this show. But yeah, for a two hour documentary, it was just, I felt like it could have been. It was meh. Yeah, it was meh. It was meh. I will say it was funny though, watching them. They're like, wow, we go through so much effort to try to like put walls up and keep people from like getting nosy about situations. (laughs) And there's like a, there's like a, a carnival or something that happens, a seasonal like, you know, town carnival fair or whatever. And a freaking Ferris wheel goes up next to the King's Landing set. Like, wouldn't you just be like, wow, wow. Can we just light on fire now? Or like, what's the point? Like, I would just, it was hilarious because you could tell they both, they all were like, oh, wow, there's a freaking Ferris wheel. (laughs) There's nothing to do about that. They have all these like signs up of like no drones in the area and stuff. But like, you can't keep people off a Ferris wheel with cameras. (laughs) Especially because it's like knowing how you build a Ferris wheel you in a carnival setting, you can build it overnight. And they're like, well, it basically wasn't here yesterday and we walked into work today and there's a freaking Ferris wheel right. <laughs> on the edge of our freaking set. Like, yeah. what do we do? Like, oh, I just, I would have been like, wow, okay, well, I guess I'm not working today. Yeah. Throw the papers in the air and move on. So anyway, Anyways. I was curious to hear what you thought of that. It was meh. It was a meh documentary. Yeah. Which is sad considering how much love I think it should have given given to the show. No, I love the show. I know you and I fall differently, I think, than a lot of people who keep bitching and complaining about the the end of the show. I think we do. Well, I don't think. I know we do. Oh, I know we do. I know that we fall differently. But I think there's also a lot of people that loved it. They're just not as vocal as the people who didn't. Right. Yeah, I think there's that too. But anyway, Anyways. my voice is done. I know. We've so, had a long show, actually. I'm surprised you and I have talked so much. Um, yeah. I'm not going to talk tomorrow, by the way. So I'm going to start. I'm going to use the pad and start writing notes. A whiteboard. Just, just going to walk, walk around with a whiteboard. Get one of those things to hang around my neck, like right. uh, Anthony Hopkins and the Legends of the Fall. I'm going to do that. <laughs> oh, it's Legends of the Fall. a blackboard. Yeah. I'm going to write. Wow. <laughs> Have you seen that movie a lot? No. Wow. I barely remember that. I've seen that movie like I've at seen it least a over times. six times. Yeah. I think yes. I've seen it two or three times. Yes. I have a friend that loves that movie. Actually, not as much as another film. It's very similar, but yeah. yeah I've seen it. I remember, I think when I saw it, it was a date night with somebody in high school. It's a Brad Pitt film. What's your thoughts on Brad in that one? It's been a while. I'm not oh, going to, okay. I'm not going to say. Okay. I'm scared. I think I remember liking him in it. Most people do like him in that film. Yeah, I think yeah. I did. I'm just it's funny when you bring up the Brad Pitt thing. It's like, I can remember all these movies I do like him in. But for someone like me who says, oh, I'm kind of 50-50 on Brad Pitt sometimes. I can't think of examples of where I don't like him. But I know there's movies where I'm like, meh. 
He's weird. Yeah, I get that though. Anyway, I get that. Anyways, yeah, we're gonna get out of here. Yeah. Uh, with that, um, yeah, email us. Let you know what you thought of the show. Feedback at flickereffect.com. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, flicker underscore effect. Um, this show will be on YouTube without video, but like I said, yeah. in the future, I think we're going to start shooting video for even flicker effect. You will well, only I mean, be no, able to, you'll only be able to see me and Michelle. Right. I was going to say, it's only going to be the us Florida Unfortunately, crew. Bobby and Yasha are the California crew. And maybe one day if they can start shooting video on their end and I can start splicing it together or something, but. In the meantime, are you, just, are you quitting your job soon? This I'm just going to start vid- editing video all the time. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. How much time do you have? I mean, we're going to start making tons of money with this. I don't need another job. Right. Okay. Um, but anyway, <laughs> right now, you can listen to the show on YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Flickr Effect. Or, hey, we're a podcast. If you didn't know. Yeah. So, hey, flickereffect.com. You can stream yeah. the podcast. You can download it. You can go to iTunes podcast, Apple podcasts. Everywhere. Um, basically, if you use a podcast app, if you search for Flickr Effect, you should be able to find us. We're on all the things now. Yes. We're. I mean, and I say that not jokingly. We're on all the things. Well, no, it's Google Play Music, uh, iHeartRadio app. Yeah, we are on iHeartRadio. We are. We're super cool with the millennials now. Is the iHeartRadio millennial thing? It is. I did not realize this, but it is. It's such a millennial thing. I, I'm, I'm not. Oh, we're gonna it. go fifty more minutes. What are you talking about? How's Seriously. That's a millennial thing. No, no. So we, you and I, are in the age of we listen to to Apple, right, or Google, but mostly Apple. No, no, no. Millennials listen to iHeartRadio. I mean, the, the app. And we're talking about iHeartRadio. They own, like, every radio station. But right. But, like, that's that's how they listen to radio stations now. They like, just use the like app. Like, you and I enjoy Spotify. I still, on rare occasion, enjoy Pandora. I Whoa. have never used iHeartRadio. And let me tell you, I am apparently a, a, a dinosaur now. Like, I've even used the iHeartRadio app. I talk to people at work, and God bless these cute kids. They're adorable. Kids. But You're I feel... 30-year-olds. 30-year-olds. They're younger. But they are... They, they listen to iHeartRadio. I was like... <laughs> Is this really a thing? And it is. It's a thing. It's like a mind-blowing thing in my office. I'm like, wow. Well, you I should tell those people feel to look so for old. us in the iHeartRadio app. I know. I feel so old. I just don't use iHeartRadio. I mean, I know they have an award show now just for iHeartRadio. But well, like I said, they own basically every radio station. Apparently, yes, they do now. I think there's but- NPR and then all the iHeartRadio stations. That's all I know. NPR is still separate from iHeartRadio. It's right now. It probably won't last. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> With that, I'm David Lott. And I'm Michelle Hillard. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.